book of Isaiah tonight, Isaiah chapter number 25, Isaiah chapter number 25, and as always, the music has just been outstanding today, and I appreciate all the hard work uh, that goes in getting the music prepared, and it certainly makes it easier on me to preach uh, when the music is good and the right kind of music. I look tonight in Isaiah chapter number 25, I'm going to read uh, verse number one for our text verse this evening. Then I want you to keep the the chapter uh, open in front of you because we'll refer to a few verses of Scripture for our message this evening. But Isaiah chapter number 25, and we'll read verse number 1. The Bible says, O Lord, Thou art my God. I will exalt Thee. I will praise Thy name. For Thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. Think about that for just a moment, that first phrase, that first part of the verse, O Lord, Thou art my God. Think about that. The God of the heavens, the God who has created all things, the God who sits on His throne tonight, O Lord, Thou art my God. That's our text this evening and also the title of our message. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that... Uh, For the few moments we have together, may the Word of God uh, speak to our hearts. May the Spirit of God uh, speak in our lives today. Father, I pray that uh, as we uh, put our focus on you, we put our attention on you. May we be reminded uh, of your greatness. May we be reminded of your faithfulness. Uh, Father, I pray that you'll uh, just encourage the discouraged this evening. I pray that you'll uh, strengthen the weak this evening. Father, I pray that uh, we'll just be more determined to put our focus and emphasis on you. Uh, we may be very faithful to you in the days ahead, for it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. I, I've enjoyed studying personally through the book of Isaiah. There is much, so much uh, in this great book, uh, but there certainly is a theme throughout the book of Isaiah and certainly the scripture, and it's the greatness of God. It's the magnificence of God. It's, it's, the, it's the consistency of God. It's the faithfulness of God. O Lord, Thou art my God, I will exalt Thee. I think sometimes we think that uh, we go through life uh, and we're we're just living unto ourselves. But no, there's a God in heaven uh, who sits on His throne and He is a faithful God. And uh, to be able to say that the Lord, He is our God, how empty and how sad uh, it is for those who look to a false God. Those who look all around this world uh, to a God carved out of stone, a, a God carved out of wood, a God that is a, a, literally a, a, a figment of somebody's imagination. And uh, there are some today that they worship nature and that is their God. And they, they, they worship the things in, the, in this world and that is their God. How sad to put your faith and your, and your dependence on something that has no power, has no ability But friend, you and I have the the ability tonight through the Lord Jesus Christ to say, O Lord, Thou art my God. And this evening I want to mention several things with that in mind. I want us to be reminded of our God. I want us to be reminded of who we serve. I appreciate your dedication to the Emmanuel Baptist Church, uh, but you do not serve the Emmanuel Baptist Church. You serve through the Emmanuel Baptist Church 
our God. I appreciate your faithfulness and your commitment to co-labor with your pastor and trying to reach the city with the gospel. But you are not serving your pastor. You are serving with your pastor, serving an almighty God. Oh Lord, Thou art my God. Let's look tonight very quickly into the outline. In verse number 1, I want us to see uh, something that is very, very important in the life of the Christian. O Lord, Thou art my God, I will exalt Thee, I will praise Thy name. Let me say, first of all, when we think about our God, praise is appropriate. It is okay to praise God. It is necessary to praise God. It is a requirement to praise God. Too many Christians look at the glass, well, it's just a little, not all the way full, or, or maybe it's half empty. No, friend, when God is on His throne, we have one who we can praise. We have one who we should offer praise to no matter what the circumstances. And don't we find ourselves so many times, I know I'm guilty of this, of complaining when we should be praising, of focusing on us when we should be focusing on Him. He is worthy of praise. Friend, praise is appropriate. I don't know about you, but when I have my quiet time and I'm alone, either in the early hours or throughout the day and sometimes in the late hours, and, and I focus on the Scripture and I focus on God and I focus on what He has done in my life, it's just something that comes from the inside and flows out to the outside. And it's just something that ought to happen every once in a while in the life of a Christian to just praise God. I trust that sometimes you get so full that it's just got to come out. Well, it's just not my personality. It's not my personality either. Uh, but sometimes it's just, hold up, I've got to go, I've got to go in here and be private for just a moment. Well, why is it? Because God is worthy to be praised. I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things. I believe every Christian ought to have some things in their life that they focus on. They ought to focus daily on their salvation. Are you saved tonight? When's the last time you really thought about that? Thought about what you deserved. We had a God that loved us enough to send His Son. He made salvation available to you and I. He's done some wonderful things things. Do you realize that it is God who chose to give us life? He chose to bestow the greatest gift that we, should, we could have outside of our salvation, and that's life. He's done some wonderful things. So many tonight we could testify of all of the blessings that God has given us through the years, the families that we have, the the things that we enjoy, the church that we get to enjoy. Not everybody has an Emmanuel Baptist church to belong to. Not everybody has a church family where we pray for one another. Not everybody has that. What wonderful things God has done. But I want us to draw look specifically. We think of this praise as appropriate towards the end of the verse. For thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness. In truth, have you thought of the faithfulness of God? The councils of old, the, the Bible we read from, we, we do know that there has never been a beginning for our God. He's always existed. He's always been. And those councils of old are 
faithfulness in truth. Friend, do you realize that the Bible, the Word of God, is faithful? The truth that God has preserved is never going to change. God is never going to uh, desert us or pull the rug out from under us, if you will. Uh, I think we ought to just praise God for His faithfulness. We put so much emphasis on the the unfaithfulness of people and and, and, and the way people fail us. But friend, the faithfulness of God is true. The faithfulness of God is worthy to be praised. If you're sitting in the church house tonight and I'm looking around and you are, you ought to be thankful for the faithfulness of God. It's worthy to be praised in truth. God is truth. I'm thankful that we can open this book and we can find truth. The scripture is true. Friend, tonight we ought to rejoice that there is a heaven. I know there's a heaven. I've never seen it. But the Bible tells me there's a heaven. The Bible tells me Jesus himself is preparing that place for those who've placed their trust in him. It is truth. And friend, if you'll follow the word of God and you'll stick to the word of God, you'll find not only is God faithful, but it to be true. And every once in a while, I think we ought to just look at our Lord, our God, and understand that praise is appropriate because he's faithful, because he's true, because of all of the wonderful things that he has done. But I find in this chapter, the next thing I want to mention, we think of, our Lord, our God. Look at me at verse number 4. For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat, when the blast of the terrible ones is a, as a storm against the wall. Uh, let me second of all say he is strength in weakness. Friend, aren't you glad... That God has no weakness. Now I preached on this over the last couple of weeks and how we're used by God is the fact that we are weak and we have weakness. And that's when His strength is evident and His strength comes through and friend, He is a strength in weakness. So many times we like to uh, try and do, do, overcome things in our own flesh, in our own ability. When we ought to just lean on the strength of God. Have you ever been to a place where you just felt like you couldn't go on? Well, if you haven't, you will. And if you have, it's probably a very good chance you're going to be there again. But he is strength for the poor. Strength for the weak. Uh, the scripture doesn't say he's strength for the strength. He has strength for the strong. So I just don't think that I'm going I'm to be able to overcome these things in my Christian life. Well, through his strength you can. I don't think I'm going to be able to endure. I'm going to be able to continue on. I don't think it's, it's a challenge, Pastor, uh, having my life the way it should be and serving the Lord. It's a, it's a challenge and I'm just weakness. Well, he's strength in our weakness. Uh, you... You look around the building and God has blessed us in the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Wonderful Christians, faithful servants. And as is often the case when somebody new comes for the first time or they just start to get into the service, they get saved and begin to grow in their Christian life, they look around and say, Pastor, look at all the super Christians. 
Look at all the people who have it together. And I just, I'm, I'm looking and saying, what, what church are you going to? <laughs> the truth of the matter is, there are faithful people who attend here every week. There are great Christians who attend here every week, but not on their own strength. God's strength. He is strength in our weakness. It is Him who, who, when we are weak, we can depend on. And we ought to understand that He is worthy of our praise because of His strength in our weakness. Let me look at number three. It's in the second part of this, this verse. I, I love this verse. He's the strength to the needy in His distress. And by the way, you don't know how strong God can be until you're in distress. We take for granted the strength of God when everything seems to be going well. But you don't realize how powerful, you don't realize how mighty God is until you're in distress. And oftentimes the greatest favor He can do to us is allow us to experience some distress so that we can see how strong He is. Once you've been distressed and you see the strength of God, it makes you a little stronger for the next time. It gives you a little more confidence in the next time you face a difficulty. But God, God does not punish us by allowing us to be distressed. God puts us in a place, as I preached this morning, so that we can show faith and we can live by faith and that He can show His strength. He's a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat. Living in Florida in August, we, under, we, we, we don't need to expound on that much more, do we? When the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall. You get caught in a storm. Come on, get out, get out of the weather. I've got to just find a place for it to... Blow over. And living in Florida in August, we understand how fast the storm can roll in and how fast one can roll out. We just want to find some temporary refuge until it rolls through. A shadow, some relief from the heat. Well, let me say thirdly, he is a place of refuge and relief. Have you ever just spent time with God Sheltered in God. Have you ever just said, I just want to know that the presence of God is real? He is a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat. This coming Thursday is the 18th anniversary of our daughter Amanda's death. So this time of the year, it's always a a thought process and a remembering. So I use it as an illustration tonight, and it was 18 years ago. She would have graduated from high school this past graduation, and she would uh, have life ahead of her, but the Lord, of course, saw fit to do something different. And I can think back to several times in my life. I can go back to all of those circumstances, and there was time that I just needed to find some kind of respite and some kind of relief and, and some kind of refuge from all of the emotion, from all of the pressure, from all the unanswered questions. And you know where I found it? 
I'm thankful for faithful people. I'm thankful for faithful family and friends. And so many of you, you you can think back as well because you were here when all of that took place. And I don't minimize the faithfulness of God's people, but there are just some things that man can't comfort you with. There are just some things that, uh, what, what somebody, a token of appreciation that somebody shows, it's a blessing and it's a help. But there are some times when you've just got to go to God and find a refuge in Him. Child of God, don't run from Him. Run to Him. We say, Pastor, how do you find that refuge in God? How do you find that that, that hiding place in Him? Well, you find it in the Scriptures. I believe the biggest failure in the life of God's people is really the simplest thing that we do not grab a hold of. And that's time in the Word of God and time in prayer. You must have the Scriptures. Why is it so important that in verse number 1 we know that God is faithfulness and truth? Because there comes a time when we need a refuge from the storm. There comes a time when our, our, our flesh is weak and weary. There comes a time when that which we're forced to live with day in and day out and our flesh that used to be strong is, is not strong anymore. Our health that we used to have strength, we don't have that health anymore and now we must depend on something else. How can we just find just a little bit of space? How can we find just a little bit of a respite? You find it in the scriptures. Many of you can relate because you've done this as well. You hold to a place in the Scripture. You hold to the Word of God and you just put your finger on the page and say, God, you said this right here and I believe you. And just for a little while, I want to get lost in the Word of God. You find it also in prayer. I think, it's, I think we need to make a greater emphasis. I think we need to get back to a place where we memorize the Word of God again. And we hold on to the Word of God. If you look across the page in chapter 26, verse 3, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. Trust thee in the Lord forever, for the Lord, for the, in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. You know, when you want to quit, that verse might help you. When you wonder how you're going to get through the adversity that you face, that verse might help you. When you wonder how God is going to, going to answer the prayer and how God is going to, going to allow you so many of, Pastor, pray for me in this area. Pray for me in this area. I don't have an answer here. I don't have an answer here. Pastor, pray, pray for me so that we have to ourselves find a respite in the Word of God and lean on the truth of Scripture. We find also that hiding in Him, that place of refuge in prayer. Some, some advice that I give, and often when some will, will say, Pastor, what do I do in this area? Or I don't understand what God is allowing to take place. Or, Pastor, I'm at a crossroads and I don't know uh, how to go forward. I'll make some kind of a suggestion like this. Say, go out, find yourself a field somewhere. Go out somewhere where, where you're not going to be interrupted and just talk to God. Now, you can do that at home. You can do that in your car, driving back and forth to work. But when your soul is in turmoil and you have that decision you have to make and, and you have that trial you're going through, I've just found it's good to go out and just 
talk to God. Now, the people may, in, the, in, in the neighborhood around you might think you're a little crazy, but find that refuge in Him. Find that place where you go and you just talk to Him. And you allow the Spirit of God. The problem is we don't put the emphasis on God. If this is foreign to you tonight as a Christian, uh, you might want to rearrange your schedule so you've got time to do this. You know what I have found in my life and found in, in working in the ministry? Uh, that if you, if, you don't, uh, ha, if you don't find time to get into the Word of God, if you don't find time to have a consistent prayer life, God is going to bring some things into your life that's going to force you to just look to Him. Force you to just depend on Him. He is a refuge. He is a relief. What is that? We find that in the Scripture. We find it in prayer. We find it in a song. Isn't it amazing that we'll use the world's songs in so many cases when we should be using God's songs? You know, I found this and being in church my whole life and being in the ministry, those that participate in the song service usually participate in church a little bit better. There's a reason why we sing those old hymns. It prepares the heart. It lifts the soul. Don't raise your hand, but how many times have you been beat down by this world and you walk in and then the service starts and as soon as that choir starts, you can feel it beginning. You open that hymn book and you begin to sing and you're reminded of what God has done for you. You're reminded of who God is and it lifts your spirit. That'll do you on Monday too. Get a song. Get a song that you sing. Get a song in your heart. Get a song that you meditate on. Not the world's song, not the world's music, but find that respite in God and be reminded another way we hide in Him is through the church. The Scripture will help you. A time of prayer will help you. A song will help you. The house of God will help you. Don't, I've preached this for years. I've preached it for years. When you have something come in your life, don't say, well, well, Pastor, when I get it all worked out, that's when I'll be able to come back to church. No, you'll never get it all worked out. You find strength in the house of God. You find strength in the Word of God. You find strength in the things of God. He is a respite. So many people in this world, you know, everybody's got problems. You know, it's not just you. I'm looking around, some of you got bigger problems than others, but it's not just you. Everybody's got problems. But you know what is sad for the lost person? The bars will be full on the weekend because they're trying to forget about their problems. People will turn to all sorts of things just to get away for a little while. But the child of God does not have to do that. The child of God has God, He has the Lord. He has the truth. He has faithfulness, and we can find a respite in Him. We can find a place of refuge. Fourthly, and finally tonight, and hopefully we'll get out of here before the rain starts. Look at me at verse number 8. He will swallow up death and victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all, off all faces, and the rebuke of His people shall He take away from off the earth, for the Lord has spoken it. 
I'll give you the fourth thing I want you to notice tonight, but I want, you, I want to point out that last phrase, for the Lord hath spoken it. And friend, if the Lord hath spoken it, it's going to happen. You can debate it. You, you can try and poke holes in it. But when the Lord has spoken it, it's done. When the Lord has spoken it, it's going to happen. But the last thing I want to remind us of when we think about our Lord, who is our God, is the fact that He is victory. He is victory. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, He conquered death. He conquered the grave. And because of that, the child of God has victory. That's why we, that's why we as, as God's children, uh, while we might sorrow for a little time on this, while, uh, this side, we know that we have an eternity to spend with Him. Death is just a, a passageway from this life to eternal life. It's just a temporary separation. Why? Because Jesus Christ conquered death. He will swallow up death in victory. I imagine that a God who is so big that death cannot hold him is probably big enough for your problem and my problem. It's probably big enough for us to depend on, for us to lean on, for us to trust, for us to pray to. I mean, if if death cannot hold him and death could not contain him, and I love the scripture, allow the, the Spirit of God to paint a mental picture for you. The scripture tells us that he came forth carrying the keys, which means he is in complete control. He'll swallow up death and victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. This is referred to in the book of Revelation, and we know that when we get to heaven, this is going to take place. It will not take place until we get to heaven. We know this is a life of sorrow. We know that this is a life of hardship. We know that there are things that are out of our control that we have to deal with. We know that when our loved ones uh, precede us in death, there's going to be tears that are shed. We know that there is hardship that we must endure. The tears one day will be wiped from our faces. And we will never sorrow anymore. We, 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 we will not shed tears anymore. We will not be broken hearted anymore because God Himself will wipe away those tears. It's not going to happen until we get to heaven. But you know what? That promise will help us now. You know, the day's coming we won't cry again. The day's coming we won't sorrow again. The day's coming when as sometimes we often complain, I got things hurting I didn't even know I had. We get to a certain age and we start to do certain things and oh, uh, I, know, I know it's working because it's hurting. Uh, we're not going to have those pains. We're not going to have those sorrows. We're not going to have those things. When we get to heaven, that will be taken away. But we need to be reminded now that as we do shed those tears and we do have the sorrow, we do have the, the pain, that we have a promise and we know that God is victory. His promise will benefit us now. Friend, I want us to look forward and I, I, think, I think it's perfectly appropriate and healthy and will sustain us as a Christian to look forward to the promises of God to know 
uh, what God we have to look forward to as a child of God. But as we as we battle earth down here, we go through our life. We try to rear our children's children for the Lord. We try as a church to reach the lost with the gospel. We try and be faithful to God and honor God with our life and please Him. And we got to be reminded that He is victory. And the day is coming when God, as He sits on His throne tonight, when all of the world will acknowledge, everyone will acknowledge, and the day is coming. Pain is taken away, and sorrow is taken away, and discomfort is taken away, and disappointment is taken away, and God Himself is going to wipe away all their tears. But because that is going to happen one day, we can hold to that promise right now. Because He is victory. That's why we are admonished in the New Testament to encourage one another with the promise of eternity. The promise of eternal life. This evening, and I will wrap it down because the weather is, 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 is because of the weather, but I want us to just be reminded tonight of who our God is. And as I was pondering these verses and as I put this outline together, I was taking an inventory of myself. Do I fail in these areas? And I would be honest with you tonight, and I would tell you I, f- I have failed in every single one of them. And don't look at me so pious tonight, because we all have. But what a checklist for the Christian to be reminded of who God is. God, our Lord, O Lord, Thou art my God. Praise is appropriate. Christian, when's the last time you've praised God? We're to make our petitions known to Him. We're to make our requests known to Him. In the crisis hour, we're to go to Him. We want to get God's attention. But friend, when's the last time we just stopped because God has blessed us we said, I've got to stop and have some time with God because I want to praise Him. I want to acknowledge His goodness. I want to acknowledge His greatness. We've got to be reminded that He is our strength and our weakness. He's that place of refuge. Everything tonight may be going well in your life. It may be going perfectly, as perfect as it can be in your life. But it only takes a split second to alter everything. If that happens, who are you going to turn to? Who are you going to depend on? We'll say, Pastor, I'm calling you. That's fine. But I may not have the answer. I may not have the strength to sustain you. But I know who does. God does. And friend, let's keep our eyes on Him. Let's keep our eyes on the victory. There's never a reason for a Christian to be discouraged unless we take our eyes off of him and put them on our circumstances. There's never a reason for a Christian to be afraid as long as we keep our eyes, our focus on him. I'm preparing a a message I've preached from this passage of Scripture many, many times, the story you know it of Peter walking on the water. We all know that story that he did fire walking on the water until he stopped looking at the Lord and he looked at the waves He heard the thunder. He saw the lightning. Friend, we have a big God. So how big is He? If you're saved tonight, go ahead and raise your hand for me. 
He's that big. He's that big that sinners like you and like me can have salvation because He is victory. Father, I pray that...